Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much has been a good week here? It is September 6th. 1996. It's 9696. What's up with that? What do you think? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's a good year backwards, right? But it's not 9696. It is. It's 9696. It's 1996. Oh, oh, September 6th. Uh, uh, <laughs> I get it. What the fuck? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you know how they have that little, like, apostrophe in the 9-6? Because it's the year 96? Uh-huh. Holy shit. Shut up. In case you ever thought that I was into smart women. Hey, now. <laughs> I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I've had my coffee and everything. You're definitely fine. Hey. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we watched 90210. Yes, we did. And what an episode it was. What an episode, Carol. Why don't you tell us all about it? Okay, so we've been waiting. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for a couple things. <laughs> and those couple things are, are happening. I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the second thing we've been waiting for is. Um. Okay. I know the one thing we've been... We've been waiting for a girl like you. Brenda went with Stuart. Okay. It leads to the thing we're waiting for. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Anyway. I'll explain. I'll sure. explain, but I don't want to ruin the whole thing. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, don't ruin it. Okay. So, Brenda. Start, go- start with where we're going to start with. Where are we starting? Brenda. Brenda's storyline. Okay. <laughs> Is going with Stuart. Camping? No, not camping. Sturt. She thinks they're going away just for a regular romantic weekend to Palm Springs to right. the spa in Palm Springs. Like that yeah. sounds awesome. Stewart's back for some reason. Yeah. He was back last episode. You know, like uh, kind at of, the end. Yeah, explained away that he was in Brazil, like whatever, or, or whatever. And now he's they're they're still dating. They they really left that ambiguous, and mm-hmm. now. Uh, they're still dating, I guess. And she still has the engagement ring. Yeah, and she's wearing it on her right hand. Right. Oh, don't worry. It's my right hand. Like, what, lady? Come on. <laughs> and, you know, there's more freaking corny humor happening because uh, mm-hmm. as they're leaving. They, they don't know how to write good humor no. on this show. But as they're leaving, first of all, when he arrives, they do this weird thing. Oh, yeah. They audition for a porno. <laughs> together like hey are you selling vacuums no no he says he says hi ma'am would you like to buy a vacuum yeah and she's like oh you know i don't know and he's like well let me let me let me audition it for you try it out for you whatever and he gives her a kiss and she's like "Mm, good suction (laughs) it's ridiculous yeah it was pretty bad and then when they're leaving there was a uh, saxophone player in the in the corner Uh, Jim says to Cindy. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell? You know how porno music is. <sighs> yes. Okay. Anyways, oh, as they do. were. 
As they're leaving, Jim says to Cindy, should we uh, get our plane tickets now? Because he's thinking they're going to get married. Let us know if you get married, he says. Whatever. Whatever, Jim. It's like Jim Walsh's only line in the entire episode, by the way. So instead of driving to Palm Springs, they drive into the desert. Yeah, Big Sur or whatever. I don't know. To go camping. They go to Vasquez Rocks. Where, like, they, where they filmed the Gorn scene in Star Trek. Is that where people go camping in California? In the desert? Yeah, pretty much. Because, like, here in Michigan, if we go camping, we go into the woods. Yeah, well, we don't have deserts. But, I mean, between a desert... And they don't have woods. ...and the woods, which one seems more friendly for camping? Well, here's the thing. They do have woods yeah. uh, in California, just in different parts. So Southern California, it's a little harder to find the woods. But Northern California, you can go... I mean, they, they remember they did go camping in a cabin one time, and yeah. and Dylan almost drank, and uh, Brandon almost died. <laughs> so, exactly. And there's, like, the Redwood Forest. Sure. He decides we're going to drive through, you know, desert death area where there is nothing. <laughs> That's what the sign said. Welcome to desert death area. Exactly. They're very close to that spot where Brandon has all the bodies. They just don't know it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So Brenda's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll deal with this, but. She doesn't seem well, happy. Well, he was like, let's go camping. Like, uh, before we go to the spa, we're going to go camping, and we'll, we'll, we'll see the stars and all this bullshit. Yeah. Like, I guess he's trying to be romantic. It's his big plan, yeah. And you don't she, spring camping on someone. No. No. Does she have camping clothes? I am sure she does not. So, she's cold. She wants to go back to the car to get her sweater, and out of habit, because, you know, she lives in the city, right. not the desert. She locked the door. Mm-hmm. He's the one that left the keys in the car, by the way. Yeah, he was driving. So why he gets so mad at her, I do not understand. That is not her fault. Well, here's the thing. So they're stranded in the middle of the whatever, the prairie, the desert, whatever it is. <laughs> and it's clear they're camping. He's got camping gear. It's clear he is terrified that Jason Voorhees is going to find him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and try to kill him as revenge for his dad somehow getting away from him. Exactly. In uh, Friday the 13th Part <laughs> 8, Jason takes Manhattan. Oh, you're such a freak. He comes back, by the way. That dude. That dude, in the two things I've seen him in, always plays an asshole. Yeah. He is an asshole. Wow. Sorry. It's a very entertaining show, folks. Hey, that's not boredom. That's exhaustion. Okay. Well, that's that's better for the entertainment value. Anyway. So, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just break the window. He's like, he had fun, but she suggests it. Because the the writers are smart enough to know, oh, everyone's going to say, why don't you just do this? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sure you'd love to see that. Me break a window in my brand new Range Rover or whatever the fuck he says. It's like, you're a millionaire. Yeah, just get it fucking fixed. What is the problem? It's a $100 window, asshole. So they're walking in the desert at night, and a car is approaching. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, great, there's a car. And he's like, don't stop them. 
And right. I bet they won't stop anyway. Yeah. Like, what is your plan here? If if you're not out looking for a car, what are you looking for? Exactly. Snakes? Jason Voorhees. Scorpions? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. And what I don't like about this is for the entire time, there's been a couple things where it's like, oh, maybe he's not the guy we think he is. But for the most part, all that's been gotten over. Where it's like, oh, that was his past or whatever. And they really present him in a really good light. He's romantic and thoughtful and he loves Brenda and all this other stuff and everything. And then he just fucking on a dime turns into an asshole. Yeah. And it's very unbelievable for his character. And this is like, it's not a character we've gotten to know a lot, but we know enough to where I was like, this rings completely false. This is like a different character. Mm. I guess. I mean, I, I still think that there was a time when he was kind of an ass to her before. I can't remember the details. So There was a time when Dylan was kind of an ass to her. Dylan's remember. been an ass a lot of times. Yeah. Dylan is kind of an ass. Like, I wouldn't be as surprised for Dylan acting this way. Dylan wants, uh, what's, her, what's Kelly going, apparently. Yeah. So. He hates living with women. Yeah, because that's kind of what drove him and Brenda apart. One of the things, yeah. Well, and he hasn't really lived with a woman his whole life because his mom, you know, his dad got his mom to move away. <laughs> yep. That's a very interesting way to say that. His dad got his mom to move away. Well, no, because he paid her all that money to, to leave. Yeah, I, I understand. But... <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> okay, so they get a ride. Now... He doesn't want to leave the car. Right. She, but he, he won't break into the car. He won't break into the car. What does he want to do? I, I take a know. gun and like like sit outside the car and guard it all night? <laughs> I don't know what his plan is. But Brenda's like, I am not going by myself. Because, you know, it's a dude. A creepy kind of dude. And the Calling tr- chickens yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, that seems like, you know, the setup for the beginning of Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. Exactly. So a movie we talked about and watched on this uh, this very program that is true. So he gives them a ride and they're at a hotel or a motel or whatever. And Holiday Inn. Stewart continues to whine and moan and bitch like a little baby. Yeah, because like a what? little Stewie, she says like you're the one who wanted to stay here, and he's like, oh, it's you know, awful and. You know, the bed's too small, and she's like... I'm allergic to cats, you know, he says. What? I'm allergic to cats. He's Uh, allergic to cats. I don't get it. The night lady had a cat or whatever. Oh, okay. A bunch of cats, and he's allergic to them. And she's like, like, well, there's not going to be any cats in here. I thought you were making a pussy joke. I was so confused. (laughs) Wow. Well, he does sleep on the chair. Yeah, there is no loving going on. But Brenda even says, why don't you just snuggle up in the bed with me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I'm on the chair. Fucker. Um, but he doesn't. So <laughs> when they get back to the car in the morning, mm-hmm. it's stripped completely. It looks like gremlins attacked this car. <laughs> it's like this is hilarious. more than stripped. There's there's like three bolts lying on the ground. Right. And maybe half a chassis. So I've never seen a car more destroyed in my life. I mean, that's the most unbelievable thing. Yeah, what? Like, did professional mechanics come and steal the stuff? 
And I mean, how is it so expertly taken apart? And they left it in the desert. It would have made more sense for them to strip it like that if they took it somewhere. Sure. But they don't have all those tools that they need to strip a car like that out in the desert. Those are not portable. That's like, let me steal it and take it back to my shop. Yeah, if there was a camera on there, it's just like, there'd be floodlights on the car and like (laughs) uh, generators in the corner, like pneumatic drills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that happened to my car one time. Not It wasn't completely destroyed like that. One time, uh, my I didn't know it at the time, but my alternator died, which apparently powers your car pretty much. Mm-hmm. But I was driving on the freeway, and all of a sudden it just goes... Oh, <laughs> like, my God. And so I had to pull off to the side. So I had to walk. I walked probably, I don't know, like six miles from uh, where I broke down back to where I could call somebody. And called somebody, had the, it was raining. Like, it was pouring rain the entire time I was walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, ha- like, you know, I, like, I had no way to communicate with anybody. Got to, finally got to a payphone. Like I said, after like six miles, called somebody, they picked me up. And they said, do you want to go back and try to do something with the car? And I said, not tonight. It's raining. It's late at night. Let's just go back in the morning and we'll figure out what we can do. Try to get a towed or whatever. And came back in the morning and the window was broken out. Mm-hmm. And change or whatever was stolen from the inside. And the tires were taken. That's all they did. They took the tires off. They, they broke a window to steal change? Yeah. And then they took the, and I, I had, I wish I had left the car door open so they could have just opened it and not cause it, t- it cost money to get that window. Right. Like take the change. I don't give a shit. Cause I had nothing else of value in that car. Just Didn't even the steal change. the radio. No, but they stole the tires. And I remember when I got it, it was got a towed and everything. And I was talking to a cop and I was like, it's so weird. I'm like, tires can't be that. He's like, <laughs> he said to me, cause it was near Detroit. Right. And he said, the cop said to me, he's like. That's like uh, finding a hundred dollar bill uh, on the ground to a crackhead. It's like that's what they do. They'll grab the tire, they'll sell that to a, a chop shop so they can resell it. He's like, that's that's a vial of crack right there. That's you know, you left four vials of crack lying around, right? For them, uh, wow. But yeah, whoever stripped this car, I mean, everything was gone. Yeah, like you guys don't even understand. It was. <laughs> You like, could, you could see through the frame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was maybe 100 pounds of metal left on that car. Yeah. So, and of course, it's Brenda's fault, right? Because right. she didn't want to go off with rapist chicken dude. He left the keys in the car. Never once does anyone mention that. It's always just Brenda locked the keys in the car. Why was his door locked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Valid point that is never brought up. So they get a ride back to his dad's house and not his dad's house to the spa because he's meeting his dad at this resort in Palm Springs because uh, he wants to present some idea to him. Okay, And so he's asked for a morning meeting. I guess maybe they live out close to that area or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Or or the dad was just at the spa, but they're in Palm Springs, you know, quite a bit from about probably. Like two, two and a half hours from Beverly Hills. So his dad's giving him shit for being late for their meeting. Right. And he blames Brenda. 
Of course. Well, Stuart does. Yeah, Stuart's like, it wasn't my fault, Dad. Yeah. It's like, well, then whose fault was it? And he kind of side-eyes Brenda. <laughs> you can see him making the decision. Do I throw her under the bus or not? Is she going to say something? And he was like, well, Brenda locked the keys in the car. It's like, why don't you tell him, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes off on both of them mm-hmm. and hoofs it to a payphone. Yeah, she's like, you know, you're both assholes. Oh, and she you threw- yell at you yell at uh, your your son and never give him a chance and call him an idiot. And then he tried the son tries to say Stuart starts to say something. He goes, "No, you are an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> and then she threw the ring at him. Yeah, and it lands in it lands in the pool, and Stuart starts to go after Brent. Brent uh, and his dad's like, "You gonna get the ring? Just gonna leave that as a tourist attraction or whatever?" Yeah. Yeah, Jason Voorhees needs to come for both of them. Right? So she calls who she thinks she's going to call Kelly, but... Because Kelly's staying at Dillon's. Right, but Kelly is not there. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. And Dylan answers. And she's like, oh, I was going to ask Kelly for a ride. But forget it. And she's like, no, just tell me. I'll come to get you. Yeah, wherever you are. So he drives two and a half hours to Palm Springs to get her. And two and a half hours back. Yep. They have a long car ride together. And quite a conversation. So where's Kelly right now? No, 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 no. We got to talk about their conversation in the car. All right. Um, Why you? So you want to take people all the way up to that point and then just like, just tease them and and then uh, leave them with, uh, I don't know, blue ears? (laughs) Um, Brenda says she's still in love with him. Mm-hmm. She just th- lays it out there. She's like, I could never have a successful relationship with anyone because I'm still in love with you. Yeah. Cause I had the best guy in the world and I let it go or whatever. Yeah. And like he, he doesn't shoot her down. No. I mean, he's pretty quiet. <laughs> and this leads to the one thing we were waiting for. Well, yeah, because we're waiting to see how her and Dylan start to get together and him and Kelly kind of split up. Well, and this seems to be the ca- the catalyst, the beginning of that. Well, I, I was thinking the storyline with Kelly was kind of the beginning of that. And then Kelly and Brandon. Okay, so those getting are the two together. things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I mean, like, do... I don't think Dylan and Brenda really end up together, though, do they? Well, it's like there, though. You know, it's like mm, obvious kind of, it's yeah. coming. Okay. I don't know. In my opinion. Anyway. Um, what next? Okay. So Brandon. Uh, yeah. Because Brandon has to go before Kelly. <laughs> okay. Brandon comes before Kelly. <laughs> right. Brandon is still, you know, with Lucinda. And she is yeah. like frightening. She she is. she is insatiable and just like all over him all She's the time. She's like a praying mantis. <laughs> well, I mean, she leaves him alive. Uh, now, <laughs> right? I guess we'll see. And then the dude on the paper is being a weird, weird, jealous dick to Brandon, and has decided that he's too perfect. Yeah. Does anybody out there remember them have having any sort of rivalry? I remember he wanted him on the paper, and then Brandon was like, no, I don't want to be on the paper. And that was that's the extent of the memory I have of this dude. Yeah, that's weird. 
But I don't know. He seems like he, he's got it out for Brandon. Yeah, he totally does. I mean, he's he's saying, like, no one's that perfect. I'm going to find the, the skeletons in your closet. Yeah. And he starts, do, he's like, so I'm going to do a piece on you. So he's doing this piece on, you know, how great he is, but really underneath it, he's trying to find out how, why he's not. Exactly. And all anybody will tell him is how great he is. Except for Steve, who's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Steve's like, oh, yeah, he, he's a great guy. He helped me out when I got in trouble with this professor. Professor Randall. Why don't you talk to him, too? <laughs> and yeah. apparently Professor Randall refuses to talk to the reporter. Which is kind of good. and But suspicious, too. Yeah. So then he talks to Deshaun. And Deshaun has Brandon's back. He doesn't say anything. Right. But it's going to obviously come out about Lucinda. I guess. We'll see. And in the meantime, um, you know, he's expected to bring a date to some function and he doesn't because she's a teacher. So he's not going to bring her and he doesn't want to try to like date somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a really like there is a very uncomfortable and weird montage at the beginning of this episode of Brandon getting dressed and yeah. her like assisting and dressing him. The fact that she's older makes us even creepier. But she, like, he's getting dressed in a suit, and she gets down on her knees in front of him. And the mm-hmm. way it's filmed, it's all like, wow, wow, wow. And then she, like, gets this look on her face, and then grabs his foot and starts tying his shoe for him. Yeah. Like, he's a little kid. It's But weird. she's also, like, mimicking, like, she's going to give him a blowjob. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, the whole thing was very weird. And it seems like... They have stop in the middle and have sex. Yeah. And then he has to get dressed again. Like, what the fuck? Right. She's got to tie those shoes again. (laughs) So, yeah, it was very weird. behind his ears. So, I've lost my train of thought now. Help. (laughs) Okay. So, Brandon can't take a date to the thing because he's dating her and they have to be secretive about it. Yeah. Oh, and these old ladies are hitting on him. Sort of, because yeah. he doesn't have a date, so yeah. that was weird. So somebody um, suggests, you know, or more than suggests, like, was it the chancellor or the dean or whatever's like, you know, you better bring somebody next time. Well, that, I mean, that's what they, the implication is he should be, he should have a date, which is weird to me. He's coming uh, to these functions on behalf of the committee to make suggestions to improve the college. Mm-hmm. And... He's, you know, presenting these different ideas to people and stuff like that. Why does he need a date? I don't understand. Like, I I don't get this. Yeah. It's very strange. But uh, Lucinda also. They might might as well be like, uh, Brandon, if you don't bring a girl, everyone's going to think you're a fag. Yeah, basically. I mean, like, that's kind of what it seems like. But Lucinda suggests he brings a beard. Yeah, she does. She says that. Yeah. She's like, why don't you get a uh, public girlfriend? Yeah. So uh, he goes and asks Dylan and Kelly yeah. if he can borrow Kelly. Well, because Lucinda suggests Kelly because Kelly is in Lucinda's class. Oh, yeah. On feminism. And he says something. Oh, uh, well, this is this is a different storyline, but uh, Kelly suggests uh, that, that Lucinda meet Dylan. 
yeah, uh, which we'll get to later. But they're talking about her, and, and she and he, uh, Lucinda says, "Oh, she'd be the perfect one because mm-hmm. she's real charming and a nice person and all this stuff." And she goes, "You know, if you don't think that Dylan would would find it weird or whatever," and he's like, "I don't know. He's a pretty open guy." So yeah, so he asks, and um, they agree. Yeah, I mean, there's a little. I don't know. There's there's some weird like back and forth between them all mm-hmm. about it. But I mean, considering Dylan's suggesting fucking Donna, I you know I'm sure <laughs> it's fine, right? So that's where Kelly is. Kelly's off with Brandon, completely charming the pants off of everybody. Yeah, and uh, the the chancellor who they, they went to meet. Who the one whose daughter eventually gets obsessed with Brandon? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, apparently, he's, apparently he's a Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, Kelly's very excited to meet him, and and they uh, she is very charming to him. Yeah, well, and she's also pretty, so that helps. Well, yeah. So at the end of the episode, they're they're all going to a party that Donna and David are throwing. Correct. So eventually that's where everybody's going to end up. But like you mentioned before this, Kelly had suggested to Lucinda that she meet Dylan because Lucinda is working on a documentary Mm -hmm. that started out as her thesis, but now she wants to turn it into a real film and she doesn't have the financial backing to do it. It's like a comparison of this tribe of women well, the men and women, but the focus is on the women in the tribe. I believe they're, I think they're South, a South American, like a indigenous South yeah. American tribe that's sort of like untouched, you know. Um, and she has films. She went to she went to visit them. She lived with them or studied them mm-hmm. or whatever for a while, and she has film of them. And it's like a comparison or a juxtaposition or whatever between how they live and and our you know, more modernized society and things like that. And, but she, like you said, she doesn't have the backing to get it. She tried the NEA, which is, uh, for those of you not aware, is the National Endowment of the Art for the Arts, uh, and they turned her down. And, you know, I got to say, it sounds kind of fascinating. She, the, the total point of the film is that the more civilized the, the society, mm-hmm. the less they value their women. Which makes a lot of sense, actually, if you think about it. You think? Yeah, because in a primitive society, they're, because they don't have creature comforts and things like that, right? So their main motivations are going to be uh, family, like, um, you know, uh, having people to, to farm, having people to hunt, so to provide for basic needs food and stuff like that to provide for uh, shelter, to provide for security and to pass their genes on. Like mm-hmm. all, all those things are going to be, uh, you know, the big things they want to do. And when it comes to being able to pass their genes on, they need women. When it comes to like the farming and the security of their area, they need women. And so it's like, you know, they the women would play a very like vital role in society, and the more quote civilized we get, and the more creature comforts we have, the less I think there's an emphasis on, oh, you know, you need to have kids or you need to be with a woman or or yeah. whatever. And I think it just it it does kind of take 
um, the farther we get from traditional, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to live traditional gender roles or anything like that, but the farther that society gets from traditional gender roles, I think the less importance it puts on women. Yeah, that makes sense. At least in positive ways. Women are obviously highly sexualized. Right. Which they sort of allude to, because they're talking about how sex is power and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she was talking about there's some tribe or whatever where there's they're polygamists mm. and the guy will have a wife to do the cooking and a wife to do the cleaning and a wife to run the errands, but the only one that's treated like an equal is the one that shares his bed. Yeah. Why would you have wives that don't share your bed? I don't know. Like that seems more like their servants right. than than actual wives. They might just call them wives because uh, my guess is, and I don't know if this if this uh, society actually exists, right? But my guess is, if it's a like one of those untouched societies and stuff like that, then there's more women than men for some reason, mm. and the women uh, probably because of whatever like gender like roles that they have can't really maybe make it on their own supposedly, or they don't think they can make it on their own, so. Uh, a man will take several on to um to to quote unquote take care of or to be able yeah. to provide for to provide food for or whatever and uh, yeah I mean if they're not sharing his bed they might just call it the call them wives because he's providing for them uh, and then they do these things these you know different jobs uh, in exchange for that uh, but the only one of them shares his bed and that's like the actual wife that would be so sad. I mean, just like to li- be in this like loveless marriage, you never get to be with anybody else because you're married. And yeah, yeah, that's Ugh. weird, awful. Anyway, back to now to an O. Right, um, Andrea. I don't think anything happened with her this episode, really. Mm, no, she's her and Jesse are still. Oh, she gives. Uh, she loans out her dorm room to Steve. Oh yeah, yeah. Steve has moved into Andrea's dorm room. She's staying with Jesse during the week, and then on the weekend, she's going to come back, and he's going to go to the frat house. And she could lose her nice little, like, sweet dorm room if it's empty, Mm -hmm. so that's why she agrees to let Steve do it, but she's very hesitant. She's like, I don't want it to be like a keg party place and stuff. And the first time we see him, he's got his feet up on the the desk, and he's got a Playboy in his (laughs) hands. Yeah, that's not cool. And then the RA, who is suddenly a female, whereas the RA in the beginning was a male. Yeah, he shot himself. So, he's dead now. What? He shot himself off camera. He's dead. Okay. I assume. I mean, he creepily stared at uh, Andrea that one time, and then he was gone, remember? <laughs> yeah. I assume he killed himself off off stage. Right. So, this new female RA just busts in the room. She's like, I know about the arrangement that you have. I've got my eye on you, and it's like, and I'm, okay. And I'm love interest number three for yeah. this season, Steve. So, But she's not pretty in any way. No, but he seems taken by her. Yeah. I think so. You saw that? Okay. I didn't even really see that. But. So that's going on, and uh, Donna and uh, David are getting all chummy. Well, they live together again now. Yeah, she's moved back in, and they're like cooking together and all domestic, and he seems like he's sober right now. Yeah, and he wants to rent a piano so that he can get back into music. Yeah, which is good. I guess. I mean, (laughs) good for him. Maybe not good for the music industry. (laughs) Um, And Brandon and Kelly do have kind of a moment. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got to get back to Brandon and Kelly because that's the other major storyline. 
when they're leaving the uh, chancellor's party and he's, you know, talking about how charming she was and stuff. And, and then she's like, well, you know, you're the, the biggest catch on campus or whatever. And, and they share a, a little look there. Yeah. So you can tell they're kind of liking each other for a minute. And then they show up at this party. Mm-hmm. And when Dylan, Dylan and Brenda walk in together. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what happens in Kelly's brain, but she is pissed. Oh, yeah. She was like, where were you? And he was like, oh, I had to, you know, pick up Brenda or whatever. And like, I don't I don't know if she says that like her and Stuart are done or whatever. Or like she was said something like he rescued me or whatever. And Kelly's like, mm. and she goes, uh, she goes, oh, is this why you want me out, uh, you know, so so badly or whatever. And then Dylan says to Brandon, hey, anytime you want to borrow my girlfriend, go ahead. She's all yours. Yeah, it's bad. Holy shit. They were really sniping at each other. Yeah, there's a, there's some off screen stuff like conversations happening here. And then she decides that uh, she's going to move in with uh, Donna and David. Yeah. Dave, so. Well, David's been asking her to move back in. Yeah. So, yeah, she's she's moving back in with them. Which, you know, might help her relationship with uh, Dylan, Who but knows? I think it's too late now. Well, the, the whole their whole thing has always been like, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. Yeah. That's like, so were you just having sex? That's all. It's, yeah. That's the only thing you have in common? Their, rela- their relationship is no good. I know there are people out there that are like, because p- some people will like the Brenda Dylan relationship, some people like the Kelly, the Kelly Dylan relationship, and some people are like, no, he's better with Kelly. Oh, he's better with Brenda and stuff like that. I, you people that think Kelly and and Dylan, I have no clue. What What do you see? Yeah, just the fact that they're both really good looking. What about their actual relationship on film <laughs> is better than anything? Like they do not have a good relationship. No, it's they have not bad. from the start. Yeah, they fight all the time. They have nothing in common. They don't ha- like. She wants to be around people. He seems like he hates people. You can like Kelly better than Brenda. That's fine. But there is there is no I there is no argument that I can ever see why she is better with Dylan than Brenda was. Yeah, and I'm not saying D- Brenda and Dylan's relationship was the best in the world. Because they had some problems, too. Yeah. But nowhere near as bad as Kelly and Dylan. Agreed. And they're going to break up this season. Yep. So that she can go fuck Brandon. Yeah, that's coming. And we still I still don't see why she's asking Andrea's permission. But I don't know either. We shall see. Yep. So I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah, I think that about covers it. So you can go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Uh-huh. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Do that, too. And tell your friends. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.